Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It's a part to do. Part do. This year. Wow. The last do wow. of the year. Um, if you did not listen to episode one, we preview the Giants at the Bears, the Jaguars at the Patriots, Rams at Ravens, Bucks at Jets, Falcons at Bills, Chiefs at Bengals, Dolphins at Titans, and Raiders at Colts. So you can check out those matchup previews there. And if you want to see everywhere that we got our stats from, well, the one place we got our stats from, it is the free only app you need to dominate fantasy football is the fantasy football by Brodo app. Tons of features on there to help you dominate not only throughout, uh, not only in your championship game, but throughout the dynasty, uh, throughout off season. Uh, if you want to put together your off season research, you literally don't need anything else except the fantasy football by Brodo app. So check that out. And of course, patreon.com slash Brodo fantasy to continue getting two episodes every week and support the show. This is a year round podcast. So, and a year round business so we are here for you if you want to support us please do so over at patreon.com slash brodo fantasy the reason why i'm rushing through those is because i want to get to these games and i want to talk about them as thoroughly as possible because it's championship week what do you say mike let's do it let's start with an nfc east matchup uh the eagles at washington the eagles defense is again one of my favorite plays this week washington got absolutely crushed last week but they were going through some personal issues on the team uh, for whatever that's worth. In my opinion, Jalen Hurts is also a must-start. Um, let's talk about that then. The quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and the Eagles defense. How you feeling about these two? Uh, could this be considered like a fantasy battery? Um, I suppose. Yeah, right? I don't know. Defense. I mean, a, a battery, if people don't know, they call pitchers and catchers battery mates. Yeah. Um. They're not on the same team. No, it can't. I'm sorry. You tried. What do you mean they're they're on the same team? But they're not on the same like they're on the field together. The same team was a stupid way to put it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Anywho. Uh. Yeah. I agree. Any hue of of green. No, no, I'm sorry. You have to start Jalen Hurts at this point. He uh, leads the league in QB one performances and continues to be a reliable fantasy asset. And Washington is a trash defense. You thought they would be they were getting better and then they go and put up an absolute disgusting performance against the Dallas Cowboys that I've not seen domination like that in a long time. Um, it was straight up I fell asleep. Forty two. I woke up points. the next day and my wife was like, How's the game? And I was like, Uh it was a lot too little and it sucked. Yeah. And even she who's not a she, she kind of dabbles in football a little bit because I'm into it. She's like, oh, wow, that's that score is not close. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you got that right. Yeah, it was uh, a little absurd how much they got destroyed. Can I, I don't see them bouncing back from that. It basically crushed their playoff hopes as well. Um, and the Eagles are playing for a playoff spot. If they win their last two weeks, pretty sure it's winning they're in. Like, they just got to win their last two weeks to make the playoffs. So... Like I'm playing Jalen Hurts, um, trusting him this week against Washington because like even if he doesn't pass well, well guess what, he uses his legs and runs for like seventy yards. Speaking of, of using the legs, the Eagles haven't had a game with more passes than rushes since Week Seven, um, and they've handed the ball to running backs an average of thirty times a game um, since Week Seven. So they obviously have found a formula that has worked for them. The only problem is. The leader of that formula, Miles Sanders, is not playing. So that leaves you with three options. Jordan Howard might play, questionable for the game. Boston Scott will play. Kenneth Gainwell was upgraded to a full practice. That leaves three guys that we've seen take over at different times. Jordan Howard has had a great fantasy game this year. Boston Scott has had a great fantasy game this year. And Kenneth Gainwell has had multiple great fantasy games this year. Which one of these guys can you trust? Yeah, that's the issue. Um, at first, the first reports were that Jordan Howard was hurt and might not play. It looking like he is going to play, which sucks if you uh, picked up Boston Scott because Boston Scott would have a lot of upside if Jordan Howard were to be out um, as the every down back. 
Otherwise, look, Jordan Howard continues to steal work no matter who is ahead of him. Um, he's he's super super touchdown dependent though. Like if he does if he doesn't find the end zone, you're gonna be upset. Um, and then you got Boston Scott who basically took over the Miles Sanders role after Miles Sanders went down. Miles Sanders is out, so it's Boston Scott and Jordan Howard in that backfield in a semi decent matchup against Washington, who's actually their best quality is stopping the run. Uh, so I think they're both flex plays where they kind of vulture each other. It would have been a lot nicer if those two didn't have the other one in that backfield this coming week, but they are, and that's just that's just how it goes. Uh, what about Devontae Smith in this game, Michael? Had a good game last week. Had made a great catch in the end zone, like one of the better catches. If Jalen Hurts has a good game, it'll probably be on the back of Devontae Smith doing something. I mean, on Devontae Smith doing something, you have him, you have Dallas Goddard, who are the two guys that you're that are obvious like contenders to play. Are you playing both of them? Dallas Goddard, um, he came uh, came back to earth a little bit this last game <clears throat> after a couple games where he was just a an absolute monster beast. Tim knows about a uh, absolute monster beast because of how good TJ Hawkinson was this year, right? Hey, whoa, 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 what's what's with the what's with the what's with the unnecessary <laughs> shit talking, man? It's, I'm going through something over here. It's week it's week 17. I have to do Michael, it. what about your uh what about your your ridiculous monster beast beast team in the home league? How did that team do? Uh semifinals loss. Yes. Yeah, how about yours, Tim? How about yours? <laughs> My team lost too. What do you want from me? All right. Uh, yeah, Dallas Goddard came crashing back down to earth is what <laughs> I was saying against the Giants. Two for 28 on four targets. But it was very much a running back game, which is always an issue when it comes to the Eagles because they have become a massive running team after being a massive passing team to start the season. Pretty crazy turnaround. Um, but Dallas Goddard, like you got to expect he gets more than four targets. Washington is at least better than the New York Giants. Um, I'm playing Dallas Goddard if I have him. I highly doubt there's a better streaming option. And then you have Devontae Smith, who finally scored double digits again and finally got over six targets, seven targets. Could you believe it? Five for 80 and a touchdown. Tremendous matchup here against Washington. Again, people have short memories in fantasy football. A lot of people are all over Devontae Smith this week now, forgetting that he has been pretty untrustworthy for several weeks in a row before this. I'm just going to play it as I have been with Devontae Smith. Risky wide receiver three with upside, but also serious downside as well. You can never really predict when the uh, the big plays are coming from him. So we were able to see the... the uh, yeah, now, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to another side. I'm going to I'm going to go. Uh, with a different transition. Ready? <laughs> Antonio Gibson sucks. <laughs> you want to That's where that's what I'm going with. You want to um, you know, go on with that? I mean, he's injured, that's why he sucks. He's not a he's not a player who sucks. But right now he's a player who sucks. <laughs> he had less than 2 yards of carry last week. Not ideal. And he's playing a very good Eagles defense. Like how do you trust this guy? Yeah. Not ideal at all. Devin Singletary or Antonio Gibson? I'm still going Gibson. All right. I like got, you're I saying he work. sucks. He And he, he didn't play well against Dallas, sure. And then he had that rough game against Philly, too, sure. But he also scored double digits in both those games because he scored touchdowns and J.D. McKissick is out. He's still getting a shitload of touches. Like, Javante he's not Williams. bad. Javante Williams or Antonio Gibson? Antonio Gibson. Melvin Gordon. Antonio Gibson. Why would I at the at the Chargers? Melvin Gordon revenge game. Yeah, I know. Same with Javante Williams. Chase, oh, well, it's not Chase, a revenge game for Javante Williams, but Chase Edmonds. Oh, Gibson. Connor's back. Mm, Cordell Patterson. Probably Gibson too. I guess I like Gibson more than you do. I guess. I guess so. I guess so. Idiot. That means I'm right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so tell me, tell me all about your 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 boo, your boo thing. Cause I mean, he's not really not my playing. boo. He just gets a whole a shitload of work. He did uh, he did have a DNP on Thursday, which is not ideal. That's it. Did not practice for those uh, unfamiliar with hashtag acronyms. But like, you're, if you have Antonio Gibson, you're likely starting him because even in this like rough patch, he's put up twenty point eight, seven and a half, twenty one, twenty, 
three in that really bad game against Dallas. 15.5, 12.5. That's not someone you question if you're starting or not. Like, overall, he's been pretty damn great ever since uh, J.D. McKissick got hurt and he had that extra rest during the bye week. I mean, I'm, I'm starting Antonio Gibson. I'm sorry, Tim. Fuck off. Uh, what about Terry McLaurin? Is there any chance you trust him in a, in a championship matchup? Uh, aye, 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 Against Terry a McLaurin. very good pass defense. The, one of the biggest turnarounds of the of the the last two seasons has been Big the play Philly slight. pass defense. Yeah, the Philly pass defense has been is head over heels better than it was last year. Man. Head over heels. Terry McLaurin now has one double-digit performance since week seven. Oh, my God. God. The ups and downs just turned into a whole bunch of downs. Can he turn up at any time? Sure. But no, I'm not going to trust that during week seven. If you have him, maybe he's your best option. But I've been lower than consensus on Terry McLaurin for weeks now. I said he, I named him as a sell high in a Fantasy Pros article going into the playoffs. I said I don't want to trust someone like Terry McLaurin. And it's been terrible because I said, you know, he'll have that big game. But he will, he'll have bad games as well. He hasn't even had a single big game. Maybe the teams that have McLaurin who have been able to make it to the championship, he helps them now. And it's like, woohoo, go Terry McLaurin, and he has that big game. But I don't really want to be the one who has to bank on that. And he's a, Anyone he's else? a risky wide receiver three. Anyone else in this game? Some Ricky Seals-Jones? No, he's basically splitting work with John Bates now. It's It's rough on these streets in Washington. All right, let's go over to the next game. The Broncos at the Chargers. The Broncos' offense looked completely inept against the Las Vegas Las Vegas Raiders uh, to the point where their two great running backs, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, ran for seven carries for 12 yards and a touchdown for Javante. And Melvin Gordon's stat line last week was seven carries for negative four yards. Melvin Gordon had a total of negative four yards now his net yards on the day were zero because he had four receiving yards in one catch and he got you a half a point and half ppr leagues so kudos to him but what it makes you realize is that the raiders who have been a terrible run defense were able to focus and lock in on the rushing attack and drew lock as a result could not do anything against their secondary which is not good because the Chargers are a run-funnel defense. We went over this before. So I expect them to give some help to the run and try and let the Broncos beat them through the air, which Drew Locke has not, has not proven he could do. So as usual, I'm not starting any of these pass-catching options. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Tim Patrick, who's not playing, he's on the COVID list, uh, Albert, oh, no. I'll start Javante. I'll start Melvin Gordon. But I'm starting them both as low-end RB2s this week rather than the guys that I, I I would normally be okay with if Teddy Bridgewater were starting. And I know we shit on Teddy Bridgewater a lot, and it's not saying much that he's better than Drew Locke, but he gives teams more of a reason to doubt just throw everyone in the box than Drew Locke does. So I'm not I'm I'm just playing these two running backs. I'm tempering expectations and all the rest of the Broncos can go in the trash. Yeah. It's absolutely abysmal what has happened to the Denver passing offense. And like you said with Javante and Melgo, I think I agree with you. Low end RB twos. The the funny thing is with the uh the Chargers defense, seventh in points over average to opposing running backs, second in rushing to opposing running backs, thirtieth in receiving to opposing running backs. By far the largest gap in the NFL. They're giving up 20.2 fantasy points rushing-wise to running backs and only 6.5 receiving. The thing is, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, one of them's not the pass catcher, one of them's not the rusher. They basically just split the work right down the middle, which makes them both viable plays against the Chargers. Um, as long as they find the end zone, they could be useful. Even though last week was absolutely a huge letdown for anyone who had Javante Williams and especially Melgo. I don't know where that really, really disastrous game came from, but it was really rough in a game against Las Vegas. They just couldn't get on the field. Las Vegas, like, it was a weird game. Um, they just kept stalling. Las Vegas had drives that were taking a long time. Not ideal. Um, but, yeah, that's about it on the 
Bronco side. And then the Charger side, like I was just saying in the oh, last... Oh, cool. Just transition to the Charger side without me. That's cool. Yeah. In the last episode, it's because in the last episode I was saying that Justin Herbert was getting so much hype this week. Um, it's a really tough matchup against Denver, dude. Like, the Denver, the Vic Fangio and Scandrello. No more Scandrello. But the Vic Fangio-led Denver Broncos defense has been absolutely elite all season. They're the only reason the Denver Broncos aren't vying for a number one overall pick, honestly. Like, they're 30th in points over average to opposing quarterbacks, only allowing 15.4 fantasy points a game. 29th to running backs, 32nd to tight ends, 23rd to wide receivers. Like, that's a really, really tough matchup. Justin Herbert put up 21 last time he played against Denver, so he had some success against them. But, like, I'm not ranking Justin Herbert as a top-five quarterback this week. I'm not doing that. Like, you play Austin Eckler, obviously, high-end RB1 weekly. The dude's an absolute stud. You play Keenan Allen, but I think it's a tough go for Jared Cook, a tough go for Mike Williams. Like, you just play... Eckler and Allen, and you're likely going to play Herbert, but, man, this is a, it's a very tough matchup here for him. And the Chargers just got absolutely embarrassed by the Houston Texans. I cannot believe the Chargers do this every single year. There is no reason at all why the Chargers shouldn't be making the playoffs or it's that they keep losing to teams like the Houston Texans. I don't understand it at all. It just makes zero sense to me. Even when I watch the games, I'm like, how is this team getting demolished like this? It doesn't make it doesn't, like, register. You could say it's culture too, but it's 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 a new head coach, a new quarterback, and a new city. Like they're not even in San Diego anymore; they're in, they're in L.A. Like, how does this keep happening to them? How? Anyway, um, oh man. So, which Chargers are you confident in playing? I, I think obviously you're starting Austin Eckler. Um, Although the Broncos have been good against the running back in all all senses of the word, I think you're definitely starting Austin Eckler. I think you know Keenan Allen has been less than you've hoped in the past couple of weeks, but I think you got to throw him out there. We they're still waiting on word about Mike Williams whether he'll be he'll be coming off the COVID list or not. I mean, I wouldn't want to trust Mike uh, Williams either, though. Is anything more than like a risky flex play? Yeah, this is not the matchup to trust Mike Williams in. So if you can get away with not starting Mike Williams. So basically, it's just Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and and Justin Herbert in this game, and you're tempering expectations for each of them. Basically. All right, let's go over to our next game, the Texans at the 49ers. Big question in this game, is it Trey Lance or is it Jimmy G? Uh, Mr. Shanahan says there is a chance that Jimmy G plays. He's dealing with a sprained thumb in his throwing hand. Problem is, everyone knows that Kyle Shanahan is an absolute liar. He always lies. Everything he says is a lie. And he is dealing with a situation where Jimmy G hasn't practiced at all. And J- Trey Lance has taken all the first team reps. So yeah. this is definitely, I think, something where he's just like, it's kind of gamesmanship. Like he's trying to get people to prepare for Jimmy G, even though Trey Lance uh, is going to be playing. Uh, the 49ers also signed the QB to their practice squad. Whenever you see a roster move like that, that's always a good indication that there's going to be someone put on IR, someone not not active for a game. So, if Trey Lance takes these first-team reps and is the starter, how confident are you in starting him? Earlier this year, he had a productive game on the ground but didn't get in the end zone. Now, there's two ways of looking at it. He put up 14 points without getting into the end zone. What's his ceiling? Or, man, he only put up 14 points and he, he ran for over 90 yards. Like, what's his floor? For me personally... I think Trey Lance is a quarterback one that I'm I am playing in a great matchup against the Texans. Michael, what say you? Look, Trey Lance, he came in against Seattle, went nine for eighteen, 157 yards, two touchdowns. One of them was that broken play that Debo turned into an eighty yard touchdown. Was pretty trash otherwise. Uh seven for forty one on the ground. And then against Arizona, the game where he started, only fifteen for twenty nine for hundred and ninety two passing yards, an interception. Six for eighteen, six for eight, sixteen for eighty nine on the ground, which is why he ended with fifteen fantasy points. But dude, now we're, he's playing the Houston Texans, whose defense actually has played pretty well against Justin Herbert. Their defense isn't bottom five in the league; like their defense has actually been decent this season, generally. And yeah. we're talking about a guy who looks nowhere near NFL ready from a throwing standpoint. And in your championship week, you're gonna trust him to be your starting quarterback. Like, yes. I'm a QB 15. The, the rushing is legit. Uh, 
of course, as always, like you could trust the legs. Like if 15 is his floor, even when he's throwing 150 yards and an interception, he'll take that any day. But like the floor is possible and he doesn't like there's a chance he doesn't run in a touchdown. There's a chance he doesn't pass for more than 200 passing yards or a passing touchdown. I don't know, man. It just people are getting super hyped about Trey Lance. I got people ranking him as like a top seven option this week. Like I saw that a couple times, and it's just like, yo, like you're you're telling people in NFL in fantasy championship matchups that come to you for advice to start Trey Lance over guys like Tom Brady. It's just absolutely mind boggling to me. If you have the balls to do it, may, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm choosing the guy who's an absolute goat like Tom Brady or someone who's been trustworthy the entire season, like Matt Stafford, over someone like Trey Lance, just because he could run a little bit. The, the guy can't pass. I'm sorry, he can't. I think, me off. That, I think that when you're playing the Texans and the 49ers who are in contention, who want to win the game, I'm comfortable starting Trey Lance over a guy like Kirk Cousins, who's going to be playing in eight-degree weather in primetime. Or even maybe Joe Burrow. I'm like these like these fringe quarterback guys, Ryan Tannehill, the guys like that. I'm taking the chance on on Trey Lance personally. Um, <sighs> I think the running back in this game is also a great matchup. Elijah Mitchell, if he plays, great start, but it's trending towards him not playing. Jeff Wilson's a oh, great that's start. Not, if he, I mean, why why do you say that? Last last report I I read it was trending towards him not playing. Did I read something wrong? Let me I'll I'll vet that, but. So, Michael, you obviously are are heading into Elijah. Yeah, Mitchell is limited Wednesday, limited Thursday. I don't know. Two two limited practices. Like, like we've seen that before. It's not – he's dealing with a bunch of injuries. So, limited – do you know what it is? No DNPs, though. Yes, but when you see these limited – these limited practices, it can can go anywhere from, like, he played half the snaps to, like, he ran on the sideline while everyone else was playing real football. So, it's like – you know, it's a limited practice. It's you got to keep keep an eye on it. Either way, I like either of these guys. Yeah, I mean, look, we're talking about, I mean, a great matchup and a look. If Trey Lance is quarterback, you got to think they're going to run the ball even more. Like I th- I'm plugging in Elijah Mitchell as a very solid RB two um, right away upon his return. Same with Jeff Wilson if Elijah Mitchell's out. I agree with you. I don't think Trey Lance being a quarterback helps Debo Samuel. I don't think it helps Brandon Ayuk. I don't think it helps George Kittle. I think it uh, caps their ceiling a bit. Like George Kittle, I'd probably prefer like a Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews to George Kittle. Um, I'd probably prefer, I'd probably move Brandon Ayuk down from like a high-end wide receiver three to more low-end wide receiver three. Debo Samuel has been QB proof this year because he runs a bunch too. But even him, I don't think he has that huge upside if, if I mean, of course, he could always break break a long one. I mean, like volume wise and consistency wise, receiving passes from Jimmy G. He's just he's not going to get that from Trey Lance either. So I do think, like, if I had Debo Samuel, I would rather have Jimmy G in that quarterback. Like Lance is not doing any favors to the pass catchers. Uh, that that's very true. Although I I'm still playing Debo because he's basically a running back. Debo, no, of course, became... I'm playing Debo Samuel very very happily. Debo became what Cordero Patterson was on a better team. Like the yeah. fact that Debo's not running back eligible is kind of whack. He should be. In my opinion. Yeah. He's clearly just getting he, like, it's not like he's starting on the outside. Like he's lining up in the backfield like as a running back. Anyway, um, let's go over to the Texan side. Davis Mills has been good, man. Um, there's no way around it. The only problem is that, who are you going to start in this team? You know, like, are you going to give a chance at Rex Burkhead here? I don't think you do, even though he had a great game last week. I don't think you start Rex Burkhead. You could start Brandon Cooks, but we mentioned this earlier. You don't know what these guys are going to or how they're going to be coming off of their COVID, um, coming off their sicknesses. You know, they, these guys are out for a long time. My brother just got over COVID and he's vaccinated and he had a very, very hard time with COVID. So it's, um, I don't know. I don't know if you could start a Texan, in my opinion. Is there any Texans that you could start here? I don't want to chase Rex Burkhead's huge game from last week. Um, maybe a flex volume-based RB3. Um, 
But that's about it. Like, Brandon Cooks as well, if he returns, um, he's been pretty trustworthy for the most part in decent matchups this year, and the 49ers are certainly a decent matchup. And Davis Mills continues to just play well. It's like, it's pretty shocking. Davis Mills has an argument as maybe the best rookie quarterback so far this season, um, production-wise, if people were to have that argument, because... I mean, he's throwing for over 300 yards. He's throwing for multiple touchdowns in these games. Like, he's kind of balling out. He had a nice game against the Chargers and a shootout win, 250 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. Davis Mills is looking pretty good. So, like, at this point, I think you could trust Brandon. Like, if you have Brandon Cooks against San Fran, you're likely happily starting him because I'm going to say it a million times. Once you get past, like, wide receiver 15, the wide receivers are fucking ugly. Let's go to our next matchup, the Lions at the Seahawks. Uh, I already said, that, look, we mentioned this four weeks ago when Rashad Penny had his game. People hit us up and like, should I blow the rest of my fab on Rashad Penny? Should I blow my waiver priority on Rashad Penny? And for the most part, we told you yes, just for this matchup. Against the Lions in the championship, Rashad Penny is about to win people weeks. Again, just like Rojo, I would start Penny over almost every running back outside five, six, or seven running backs. 81% of the carries last week. Two out of the last three games, he's absolutely went apeshit. This is a very, very good game against the Lions. The one problem with Rashad Penny is that he does leave games with injuries. You saw that two games ago. He left with an injury, came back later, but not after not enough time to make up it, make it up for a fantasy day. So there's always that possibility that Rashad Penny leads, leaves the game uh, with an injury. But you can't predict those things. So for me, Rashad Penny is an absolute smash 100% go play. Yeah, I mean, look, James Robinson was a smash play last week. Gets hurt, ends with one and a half fantasy points. Like, just can't predict these things. The Lions are they're not as bad as to opposing running backs as the Jets are, but they're almost there. Um, the Seahawks, too. They're both just... Really, really bad against opposing running backs. But, yeah, sign me up for a shot, Penny, man. He's a he's an easy top 15 running back this week, I think. I don't I don't see how anyone could question that at this point. And then you got Russ Wilson, who continues to be a mediocre. It's a good matchup against Detroit, but, like, he just has shown no ceiling. This team is continuing to just try to run the ball. And, like, DK Metcalf caught a 40-yard touchdown last week. Didn't even put up over 11 fantasy points because he ended with in half PPR because he ended with two catches for 41 yards. Absolute joke. I don't know what's going on with DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson, but man, it's disgusting. Like I'm clearly trusting Tyler Lockett over Metcalf. Lockett said he uh, had some ill effects from COVID. I expect him to bounce back this week against Detroit. Gerald Everett has been great of late. Um, He was uh, a stock up in our new stock up, stock down for week 17. Um, Boyd, I believe it was, or Shiz, one of the two. Sorry, dudes. One of them wrote about Gerald Everett and how he's averaging basically 10 fantasy points a game with Russell Wilson at quarterback and a lot of his bad games game with Gmail Smith. Like you're 17.5% target share since Wilson returned. Yeah, and uh, Gerald Everett has just been pretty trustworthy, more trustworthy than DK Metcalf, for instance. Like, I'm firing up Tyler Lockett. I'm firing up Rashad Penny. I'm firing up... Um, Gerald Everett, likely, um, depends what tight ends you have, but I think he's a very solid low-end tight end one option this week as well. And then Russell Wilson, again, it really depends on who your options are, and it's a very good matchup against Detroit, but he just, his the ceiling really hasn't been there, and he's just not throwing for big yardage either. Like, 181 passing yards, 156, 260, 231. He has one, he, excuse me, he has two games this season, over 260 passing yards. And those were weeks two and week three. He surpassed 250 passing yards one time since week three. It's like at this point, what what can you say about Russell Wilson? He has one game over 20, um, fan, over 20 fantasy points since his return from injury. Tough to trust him. Speaking of return from injury, DeAndre Swift got a full practice in. Hey, yo. Um, Good news, it could be Jared Goff missed the game. Miss could miss the game at the same time, so we could have a uh, another. Yeah, I wanted to say Blau sighting, but it's not Blau. 
Boyle. Who? Uh, huh? Tim Boyle. Boyle. Boyle sighting. Remember Blair? Um, David Blair. Yeah, so another, another Tim uh, Boyle sighting. How do you feel about DeAndre Swift in this game? And uh, Amon Ross St. Brown did it again with Tim Boyle. I think DeAndre Swift and Amon Ra are the two guys that you th- you're thinking about playing in this game. I think Dan Campbell was asked about um, DeAndre Swift and if he's going to play or if they should just shut him down for the end of the season. And they basically told he basically said, like, we'll shut him down after the season because they're trying to win football games. And, like, I don't really take much when it comes to coach talk. But to me, that means Dan Campbell's trying to win football games. And if DeAndre Swift is back, they're clearly not rushing him back. I assume that means he's healthy and ready to go. Um, great matchup here against Seattle. Just tremendous. I'm firing him up as an RB2 if I have him. I'm just inserting him right back into my lineup. And I, Michael, I think really, you have I'm, to. I'm really disapp- disappointed that we've now broken down the lines for like a minute and a half and you haven't asked me about TJ Hawkinson. Tim, are you a little scared that TJ Hawkinson wasted his best two games on the first two games of the season? I'm no longer scared. <laughs> Fact. Fear. Fact. Fear. It happened. Straight fear facts, is homie. Part of, fear is part of my, my being. Um, let's go over to the next but game. I did, I did want to add real quick. Um, uh, you shouted out Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I just wanted to shout out Amon Ross St. Brown again. Shout out Amon Ross St. Brown. That's it. At this point, like it, on paper, points over average, it says Seattle's a really tough matchup for Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't really care at this point. The dude has just been balling out. Like If you have him, you're... Likely starting him. I don't see how uh, how anyone would be sitting him at this point, unless you have just a crazy, gets... crazy wide receiver room. Take take this advice and run with it. If anyone gets forty percent or more targets in the in the offense, he's probably gonna be a good play. Yeah. Um, the, <clears throat> groundbreaking, hmm? groundbreaking hmm? information from me. Right, let's go over to our next matchup, the Cardinals at the Cowboys. James Conner is going to be a game-time decision, according to his head coach, which could be trouble. Uh, the Cowboys have been a good matchup for the running back. How are you feeling about this running game for the Cardinals? Um, well, it has not been a great matchup for running backs. Um, the Cowboys You're right. Are- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at wide receivers. They've actually been a horrible uh, matchup for running backs. Excuse me. They are 28th. In points over average, uh, giving up less than giving up uh, just around 15% less points than average. So that's my bad. I was looking at wide receivers there. Sorry. Yeah, the solo James Conner RB1 days are gone, and the solo Chase Edmonds RB1 game from last week is likely gone too with Chase Edmonds, excuse me, with James Conner's impending return. If he doesn't play, Chase Edmonds becomes a RB1 period. I don't really care about the matchup because that's how it rolls in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. Um, if he returns, I think they're both more low-end RB2s. Um, James Conner will need to find the end zone. Chase Edmonds will need to catch some passes. But at this point, it's Week 17. We know that backfield is just going to put up fantasy numbers. And even if they're both healthy, I think they're both low-end uh, RB2 options. And like you said, they've been susceptible to pass catchers, wide receivers, um, fourth in points over average, 31 points a game. The Cardinals' offense without DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals have been just... They've really been sputtering since everyone like crowned them as the best team in the league, and uh, it's interesting to say the least to see this this downfall because it's kind of like it was kind of like that. Uh, remember Sean McVay? Um, his first was it his first year in his first like really really big year in Los Angeles where he was had the first half was absolutely crazy, and then the second half like he someone played cover two against him or some shit. And then he started to struggle, and the Rams' offense just wasn't nearly as good as it was in the second half. That's kind of what's happening here with the Arizona Cardinals. We saw it with the Baltimore Ravens, too. Their defense, excuse me, their their offense just kind of sputtering. Like, Arizona just lost to Detroit, Indy, and the Rams back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And Kyler Murray has not been ideal in those games. Um, over 40 attempts in each game, which is you like to see from a volume perspective. But like is sandwiched in between there a three rushing a three rushing three yard rushing performance, um, less than twenty two half PPR or standard whatever it's quarterback less than twenty two fantasy points, um, three of the last four games. It's been a little rough for Kyler Murray after he opened up the season with two thirty four and thirty five point performances 
everyone thought he was about to break fantasy football. Um, I mean, look, this is a battle here between the Cardinals and Cowboys of two of the best teams in the league. Maybe a, um, a playoff matchup. They're both going to make the playoffs. They both look like they're two of the best teams in the league. I'm, I'm playing Kyler Murray. There's no way I'm not playing Kyler Murray. Like, I'm not sitting here for Trey Lance or whatever. I'm I'm going down with Kyler Murray if I have him at quarterback. Just It's as simple as that. And then you got the receiving weapons, Christian Kirk and company. I think it's clear Christian Kirk remains the key cog in that passing offense when uh when DeAndre Hopkins is out and I'd I'd play uh I'd play Christian Kirk as a wide receiver three even though he's kind of been slightly disappointing too at times but AJ Green has been more disappointing it's it's been a mess but one of these guys is likely to at least be a semi hit in my opinion like they're not just gonna get shut down by the Dallas Cowboys and Christian Kirk would be my bet after um after seeing 21 targets over the last two weeks. Speaking of the Cowboys, they just put up a 56 burger yeah. on the and playing on Zach Ertz as well, who's been a who's been good as a as an Arizona Cardinal. They just put up a 56 burger on Washington. They have the NFC East all locked up. Is there a chance they take their foot off the gas in this game? Like they they still have a bye that they can go for, so I guess they're playing for that bye. They want to play at home, but. I mean, is there a chance they take the foot off the gas? Dak Prescott came to life in a big way the last game. But, the Michael, you mentioned that CeeDee Lamb has not been a elite option in a pretty long time. Um, Amari Cooper had a great game last game. Dalton Schultz, eight catches out of nowhere. Dalton Schultz, what the uh, is going on there? But... And even Malik Turner got into the action with three catches for 82 yards. When Malik Turner's getting into the action, you know it's going south. Um, the Cardinals were a very scary matchup for a very long time. Um, but that team has just been cold all over the place. And against the wide receiver, they're the fifth best matchup in the league. Michael, how do you feel about these Cowboys pass catching options? Um, if you have them, you're playing them. We finally... Saw a big game out of Dak Prescott last week, like a ginormous game. And none of the receivers were really a huge benefactor of that. Like, Amari Cooper obviously had a nice game. CeeDee Lamb really didn't. Michael Gallup really didn't. Like, Dalton Schultz caught touchdowns. Zeke caught touchdowns. A lineman caught a touchdown. Like, even with Dak Prescott going crazy, their wide receiver room didn't have a, a massive game. Um, but with that being said, it was a it was a nice bounce-back game from Amari Cooper. CD Lamb continues to, even if he doesn't hasn't been showing the super high ceiling, continues to have a very solid floor and is someone you could uh you could start. And then Michael Gallup is Michael Gallup has been the odd man out really, and it's it's not surprising. Like we expected this to happen. He's more of just a a flex play um at this point in this matchup and I'd I'd be much more happy starting C D Lamb or uh or Amari Cooper than I would Michael Gallup. And Dalton Schultz is come back to life over the past two weeks kind of surprisingly but the tight end like again you can't really stream tight ends excuse me probably which makes it tough not to just use Dalton Schultz but Arizona has been absolutely elite at guarding tight ends this season which does not bode well for Dalton Schultz even though uh it's probably really really hard to consider sitting him after uh after the performances over the last couple of weeks I'm sitting Dalton Schultz personally. Two know, weeks I'm, in a row, eight for sixty-seven in a touchdown, eight for eighty-two in a touchdown, and you're gonna sit him. A tight end, who's a right. top five tight end on the season. Fine. Maybe sit is a strong word, but I'm not playing him with confidence. No, but he's a tight end. I hear you. If he was a wide receiver, like then maybe I'd say sit. But he's a tight end. I hear you, boy. Um, what about what about this running game? Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, at this point, if you think that he looks like the the healthy spry Zeke, you're not watching. Um, Tony he ended Pollard, up having a big game because he caught two touchdowns, though. So. Well, well, ran one in and caught one. Ran one in and caught one, but besides the touchdowns, he still didn't do much. Like, yeah, he, he did had nothing. he had the two touchdowns and he only scored like 17 points. Yeah, which you you score two touchdowns, you're expecting a 20 plus point performance because all you need is 60 yards on top of that. He didn't even he he only had about 40 yards on top of that. So. 
again, like it's just not working out with Zeke. Luckily, he's still the goal line back. Luckily, he still has a nose for the end zone. So he hasn't been killing you. Uh, and Tony Pollard is between eight and 10 and you can bank it. Uh, that's what it's going to be. How do you, I mean, did I, did I basically hit it on the head there? Yeah. But I mean, if you're like, I don't see how you'd be starting Tony Pollard in this game with any like legitimate upside. Like, okay, this is like, if you're starting Tony Pollard, I'm, I'm surprised that you have Tony Pollard starting and you're in a fantasy championship. I'll just, I'll put it that I, way. All right. So anyone else want to talk about this game? I think I'm good to give. This next game should be quick. Panthers at Saints, because there's not many viable fantasy options in this entire game. So let's talk about both at the, at the same time. Sam Darnold, disappointing Sam Darnold. Um, he had a chance. He kind of blew it. But now he's healthy, so he's trying to, I don't know, maybe Sam Darnold does something. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of believing in Sam Darnold at this point. I'm not going to believe in Sam Darnold at this point, which means I'm not going to believe it his. I'm not going to believe in anyone on the Panthers. Like, there's just no one I could play. The Saints' run defense is absolutely elite, so you're not playing the running backs. Um, their pass defense is good, and Sam Darnold's the quarterback, so you're not playing any of the receivers, really, especially because DJ Moore's still out, right, Michael? DJ Moore's still out. Is he, no, is he on track to play? He's coming, he's coming back, but he's been he's, he, super disappointing for several weeks now. Right, so maybe you could play DJ Moore. You're right, he is on the way back. Um, well, he's just a wide receiver three at this point. I'm with you, Tim, entirely. If anything, it like can't you really play, you play Alvin Kamara, um, who's been who even he has been disappointing. He's probably very happy to welcome Taysom Hill back, who, even though he's not a great quarterback, is better than Ian Book. Michael, we're talking about the Panthers here, guy. Okay? I'm just saying. I'm saying Alvin Kamara and DJ Moore <laughs> are the only two guys. I already said DJ Moore more of a wide receiver three, and then Alvin Kamara on the other side, and well, Taysom Hill. Taysom. Taysom Hill, of course, has. The rushing upside as well, um, which always puts him as a top five QB ceiling. He's shown that a couple times, but then he had a really bad game his last time out prior to missing this last game. Um, that's what you get with running quarterbacks. If they don't run a lot in a game or they run unsuccessfully, you can get a really low performance out of them, even though you could also get like 30-plus if they run for 100 yards and two touchdowns. So a lot okay. of that, I think. Go, Go ahead. A lot of a lot of that I think has to do with um, the game script as well. I don't see the Panthers blowing at the Saints to the point where the Saints have to pass like crazy to get back in the game. Yeah, so I think this. Yeah, the Saint Taysom Hill is someone I uh, I'd consider playing, but yeah, that's it. DJ Moore is a wide receiver three. Not super happy about it, and then Hill and Kamara. But that's that's really it for those two games. Like it's you're not what are you you're starting Robbie Anderson? Psych. No. Robbie fucking Anderson. Robbie fucking Anderson. All right, so let's go over to our next game then. Uh, the Vikings at the Packers. Oh, so the Vikings. Oh, it's Sunday night football mm. on MSG. Packers and the Vikings are the best on TV. Got Cousins and Rodgers. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Since it's the last one, I'm going to sing this song. Hey, it's the Vikings and the Pack. Let's go. We're going to take... The Vikings show on the road. Yeah. It's going to be eight degrees. That's cold. Yes. Oh, I love this song all of a sudden. <laughs> it's pretty fun to sing when I try. Tim, I'm so happy right now. I just say MSG instead of NBC. It doesn't make much sense. I just sing the melody that goes on every Sunday night football song. I don't care if it's right or wrong. Yo, Jason, come see me in the freestyle game. So what's up? Yo, uh, my girlfriend is in the other room while me and Tim were recording. He could hear. She could hear everything we're saying. She just texted me, "Banger, Tim has talent." <laughs> But tell her, tell her she has talent. Happened. Tell her I could smell the the chicken soup that she's that she's cooking. I cooked it. I you do all the damn it. cooking. It, it smells delightful. It, this whole time it smelled. It smells like delightful chicken soup in here. I must. <laughs> I gotta say that. <laughs> Kat, now she just texted me. You couldn't even give me some credit for the damn soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Uh, but <laughs> what I was saying is, it, it is gonna be cold, and I'm, they're gonna need some chicken soup after this game. Bars. Boom. They're gonna need some chicken soup after this game because it is going to be five degrees at kickoff. And according to Paul Charchian, I hope I got that right. Um, 
in the last eight years when the temperature is in the single digits or lower, quarterbacks have averaged 16 completions, 160 yards, and a third of a touchdown. That's not good. On top of that, Kirk Cousins, 10 and 17 in primetime games. That's not good. I'm having a lot of trouble starting Vikings in this game. How many five-degree games are we talking about here? What is the sample size that this guy is pulling from? That's a, that's a good question, Michael. You, uh, you've, you've vetted the... Are you trying to expose fake like, news right now? I don't Tim, we used to play in a winter football league. Literally, it'd uh, be no. like five degrees uh, sometimes. A little different. It's a little different, yeah. But was it really that much of a difference? It's already like they're already playing yes. in cold games. Yes. If, it was that much of a difference. What's the wind? Is there crazy wind? Like, that's what actually matters. If it's a little cold, whatever, yo. These guys are going to go out there sleeveless anyways. <laughs> I don't a care. A little cold, five degrees, bro. Yeah, there's that's not a little several cold. games that's... below freezing. Whatever, I don't mm-hmm. care. The last time the Vikings and Packers played, I said the same thing, and it ended up being a glorious game for fantasy purposes. I said I don't Yo, care if Green Bay. Been... Real, real quick, I just, I just had to put, the, I just had to say this. I'm sorry. Um, apparently, I put Vikings weather, and what came up is Vikings Weatherly. Oh, Stephen Weatherly. I thought there was a guy named Vikings Weatherly on the oh, Vikings. Oh, that would have been glorious. I know. Like I was. That's why I had to stop you in the middle of talking. I'm like, yo, there's a guy named Vikings on the Vikings. Like, that, that's we got We got to tell everybody this. But no, you got to go ahead, Michael. Weather. <laughs> I thought you said feather. You remember that's from? No. Ah, oh, fairly odd parents, bro. Yeah, but I, I was never fairly odd parents. That was like. The I mean, you watched it with me and Jay though. Sometimes. But it was Sometimes. they're they're doing like a report and. And Wanda says, and now to Cosmo with the weather. And it's just Cosmo holding a feather. He goes, weather? I thought you said feather. <laughs> and that's all. That's about it. Um, for those who haven't watched Fairly Odd Parents or are old or younger than I am. Uh, real quick, um, breaking news a little bit right now. I, I don't think we, I think we forgot to talk about the Rams running backs. Um, but the. Oh, right. Wow. And I was going to shit on you for that. Cam Akers not. Yeah. Cam Akers not playing. Yeah. I got that wrong. Play Sony Michelle one thousand percent as an RB one I mean, at this point. Well, now especially now that Cam Makers and Daryl Henderson aren't playing. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm staying away from the Vikings except for Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook for me. I mean that's fine. Like Kirk Cousins, like, if you want to play Kirk Cousins, I'm not going to bash you for it. Um, are you playing? I think KJ Osborne play has some wide receiver appeal. Would you rather play Trey Lance or Kirk Cousins? I understand if you go Trey Lance over Kirk Cousins, but I like Kirk Cousins too. I am I am currently facing that decision. And uh, right now, Trey Lance is in my spot. Interesting. But yeah, KJ Osborne has been a pretty darn solid wide receiver three when Adam Thielen has been out, and Adam Thielen is out again. Um, he's kind of just taken all the shine and luster away from Tyler Conklin and has been more of that weapon when Adam Thielen has been out. Um, so I do think KJ Osborne has wide receiver three appeal as well. And then the Green Bay side, Aaron Jones has really, like, taken back over as the lead guy. Like, he's still spitting work with A.J. Dillon, but Jones has been certainly the lead back. Um, they're they're trying to get that number one seed. They're trying to get a bye in Green Bay, that is. So, I mean, I'm starting Aaron Jones. I'm starting Devontae Adams. I'm starting Aaron Rodgers. It's the secondary options that are tougher to, to, uh, to try to figure out because Alan Lazard has had big games. MVS has had big games. MVS is due back, I believe. Um, it's going to be hard to be able to, to try to figure out if you should trust Lazard or MVS week to week. We know that. We've dealt with it the entire season. We've dealt with it for years now, and people will still come on here and just be like, and by on here, I mean just the fantasy space. People still come out in the fantasy space, and they're like, Marcus Valdez-Scantling's my wide receiver 10 this week. Alan Lazard's my wide receiver 20 this week. Like, one of them's going to hit probably. We've seen it this year. It's a tremendous matchup against Minnesota. Last week, it was Alan Lazard, but it was only two catches. He just happened to catch a decently long touchdown. Marcus Valdez-Scanling has been more trustworthy, generally, when they're both healthy. But he's been super up and down as well. Like I don't want to have to trust either of these guys in a championship round matchup. If I had to, it'd be MVS because he's been better of the two. 
tremendous matchup, but man, like we're talking about two guys who could give you two and a half points and I don't think anyone would be shocked. So it's it's tough to trust these guys. It's more of it's anything more than like risky flex plays. Especially in this weather. In this feather? Yes. Oh, okay. Right on the feather. Right. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about in this game? No. I mean, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you're starting him as well because he just been super nasty all year and is now the, well, the, the, the betting the favorite end. for MVP. The Josiah DeGuara? The yeah, there you go. No, him and Mercedes Lewis have... Um, Mercedes is out. Mercedes is out? Mercedes is out. Oh, damn. Doesn't matter. Still not starting Josiah DeGuara. <laughs> I'm still. Jason I'm was trying still to convince really me. To the fact. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Jason was trying to. Convince hey, Jason was trying to convince me last week that Jos- Josiah DeGuara had DFS appeal. I'm like, yeah, totally. The guy went two for five. I I, I watched I the game. I saw two Josiah DeGuara catches both times. I turned to Jason. I was like, let's go. And ended up being his only two catches for five yards. <laughs> Jason was Jason was bad funny with his DFS lineups because Jason Jason with his DFS lineups. He he's always he's like one of those guys who parlays like fourteen games for for a big thing. He's like, bro, I played this DFS lineup and I had and you name like five superstars in the same lineup. Like I was able to get them on the same lineup. Uh, I just got a hope uh, Josiah Deguara gets a yeah. uh, gets a touchdown. He got mad pissed at me because I told him to <laughs> not use Anthony Schwartz, who actually ended up scoring his first touchdown and putting up nine and a half points. I'm like, re fucking lax. You're not gonna win big money because Anthony Schwartz. Scored nine and a half points. He he was so angry when Anthony Schwartz scored, scored that touchdown. It was, yeah, it was pretty great. It was great. <laughs> uh, I'm still reeling from the fact that I thought there was a guy named Vikings Weatherly on the Vikings. Vikings Weatherly uh, would be an elite name. But he got traded to the Broncos. Glorious so like, name. Vikings Weatherly getting traded from the Vikings. I, I should name... Are you sure it's not Vikings... Five second son, I should name him. But are, are you sure it's not Vikings Featherly? Nah, man, it was it was it was almost there, and, and you had to you had to go and ruin it. <laughs> our, our last game, Michael. We're about to preview our last game of the year. You ready? Last game of the twenty twenty one season, and we Steelers got Steelers Browns. Steelers uh, Browns. No, it's Monday not. It's not as good as Packers Browns. Monday night football on a channel on TV. A channel will be hosting it that you will see. <laughs> I'm <laughs> upset for Jason that you sang Sunday Night Football song without. Him here. Yeah, well, he should learn because it was like way better than all of the Sunday Night Football songs. Ooh, totally way better, learn, dude. Way better. Way you stop better. that way nonsense. Better. You stop it right now. It was, though. Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. That was the best one of the year, freestyle wise. Jason has done some I, good and ones. I, and I actually. They're all freestyles. No, because because Jason does well for like for like the first two verses and then craps out. Because he say he's like, he goes too he long. Like, He's only, he's supposed to spit a sixteen. He only spits an eight. <laughs> I mean, you stole no mine. You stole it from no me today. Jason kind of. It used to be me and him. He kind of stole it and hijacked it and made it his own thing. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be able to flash the iron today nope. and say, "Let's go, I got this." And then you just fucking jump in for the first time ever. Instead That's of right. complaining about it, you're the one singing. Had enough of this well, bullshit. Well, Michael, all I'm out of here. Enjoy the last all, game by yourself. All, all I gotta say is that your girlfriend thinks I'm a better singer than you. That's all I have to say about that. All right. Her, her, oh, I, I hope she does because she has <laughs> no rhythm at all. <laughs> oh, you man. hear that, Katarina? You hear she that? knows. I make fun of her all the time for it. It's great. Uh, all right, let's go to our last game: Browns at Steelers. You mentioned Pat Fryermuth is going to be back. Um, you know Ben Roethlisberger acknowledged that, quote unquote, all signs are pointing to this being his last game at home. So does that kind of put the oomph behind him? Both of these teams still alive in the playoff race, trying to get one of those playoff spots. So this is going to be a game where they're going to want to play, and they're going to want to play tough. You're starting Deontay Johnson. You're starting Najee Harris because you have to. Is there any other Steelers that you would start? When guys like Pat Fryermuth, the uh, the fringe type of guys or who people think is a French type of guy miss games they kind of get forgotten about upon their return like I'm starting Pat Firemuth over say Mike Kosicki and there's a the, the important to note is he's coming back from a concussion yeah and right now the only proof that Firemuth is coming back is that he said he's coming back on Instagram so for whatever that's worth but he also practices in full so 
There you go. He's back. So yeah. that's a, that's definitely another indication. So, but I'm not buying into like uh, like a story that you know Big Ben last home game he's just gonna he's gonna ball out. Like no, it's his ha- it's his last home game because he's turned into a terrible quarterback and he's kind of being forced into retiring because of his bad play. Like I don't think he's just gonna anything's gonna change about that. Like I'm not trusting Big Ben. Deontay Johnson, like you said, Chase Claypool is more of a wide receiver four. I've been saying it all season. He could put up a decent game, but decent is about his ceiling at this point. And he could also give you a bad game. Like, I'm not chasing Chase Claypool. The Cleveland Browns defense has been pretty darn solid all season long. They're top 10, top 10 defense in the league in points over average at every single position, QB, RB, wide receiver, and tight end. Just, I don't want to chase it. And then the uh, other side... You don't want to. You don't want to chase Claypool. Boom, boom. Hey-o. Um But I mean, to this point, you also have to say that the the touchdown regression is not coming for Chase Claypool. Like yeah. it's a little too late for that. Nick Chubb could be giving a whole lot of his fantasy managers nice big chubs come Monday night Man, as he I'm wins so, them fantasy championships. So disappointed that my team with Nick Chubb is not is not in it anymore. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're ninth in points over average, but that has gotten just a straight-up downward 45-degree decline rolling down the cliff over the past several weeks where they just decided they could not guard any sort of running back if their lives depended on it. And now Kareem Hunt is injured. Dearness Johnson's Dearness Johnson. It's Nick Chubb's backfield against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a run-first team in a must-win game against a team that cannot guard the run as hard as they've been trying. They can't. Like, just sign me up for a whole lot of Nick Chubb. I think he gets 20-plus carries, goes over 100 yards, possibly finds the end zone. I think this is a big-time Nick Chubb game coming here. And then, like, I'm not going to trust Jarvis Landry. I'm not going to trust DPJ. His passing offense has been abysmal the entire season as well. Baker Mayfield... I, I, they probably should move on from Baker Mayfield at this point. Like, I'm not buying all the excuses people make for Baker Mayfield. At some point, you should just be playing better. I said in the preseason, Baker Mayfield had one of the stupidest ADPs of any QB. I said him and the fact that he's going ahead of Kirk Cousins is an absolute joke. And the fact that it is far away from Kirk Cousins is an even bigger joke. Baker Mayfield is being drafted as the QB 12 this year. Kirk Cousins was going as a QB 19 in the preseason. Absolute 12? joke. Yes, Baker Mayfield was being drafted as a QB1. That's why none of us have any Baker Mayfield on any of our teams because we were like, this makes absolutely zero sense. He has one Baker, game the I entire have season. In a, uh, in a dynasty league. I mean, congrats. Superflex. <laughs> one game the entire season, over 20 fantasy points. Like, I'm not trusting him, and I don't want to trust his pass catchers because they have such little upside. Just super little upside. Maybe Jarvis Landry in a PPR league. Yeah. Hope for five for 48. Maybe he finds the end zone or something of that sort. He went five for 65 against the, against Pittsburgh earlier this year. But even Jar- Jarvis Landry, who seems like the best of the bunch, had his highest finish this week, this year, is wide receiver 17, and that was week one. Since that performance, he's been wide receiver 21 at the highest and wide receiver 80 at the lowest. Gross. I just got an alert from from Sleeper. It's a very strange alert that says Zeke reached fastest speed since week six in week sixteen. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. All right. Um, is that it? Is that the only? No more Browns. We're finished, Tim. We're That's finished. It. Wow, it's over. We are finished. Um, good luck, everyone. We hope you bring home championships. If you do, please tweet at us at Broto Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram and on TikTok. And our personals, at Broto FF Tim, at Broto FF Jason. Mike, where, where can they find you? At Broto FF Mike. And at Broto FF Casanova. Thank you so much for listening this season. We yep. hope we brought you success. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you want to support us financially as well, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. We really appreciate it, guys. I don't know where we'd be without you, uh, but we definitely wouldn't be doing this. So we appreciate your support and your help. And uh, it's a year-long podcast. We're not going anywhere. Next week is our only week off. So enjoy your week without us. And then we're back with some nice old, good old fun and games. Um, And good stuff after that. Also, if you're in one of those um, 
bootlegged ass 18 week 18 championship game, uh, weeks. The, the people who had weeks cha- 17 championships, if you didn't fix it this season, I'll tell you like this. The, there's no excuse. I'll tell you this. There is a much better shot this year of the week 18 championship being a regular championship matchup because there is only one bye week where teams are likely still going to be vying for a bye week or a playoff spot. It was a lot different when there were two bye weeks. Either it way, was. it's stupid. You should have ended it this week. <laughs> it was, but I will say that, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's there's nothing else to say. Yeah, this is the, um, the championship weekend of like 99% of fantasy leagues. Right, this is the championship weekend, and don't drop that thun-thun-thun. Don't drop the thun-thun-thun. Later. <laughs> Later.